Hi, Hunters. Thank you for tuning into the Flushman and Dustin podcast brought to you by Nick and Tyler, the boys from Ringnecks and Retrievers. In this podcast, we will talk about guns, dogs, gear, and our successes and failures in the field through our combined 40 years of experience. We speak with hunters just like you from across the nation about their days in the field and the many memories they built with their friends and family. We are excited to have you listen. Now let's get to Flushman and Dustin. Hunters, welcome back to another Flushman and Dustin episode. Uh, we're excited to have you guys here. Again, if you are looking for some dog safety products and especially first aid kits, water bottles, some other gear to take to the field, check out Gundog Outdoors at gundogoutdoors.com and use code RINGNICKS to save 10% on all of their products. Uh, we do appreciate that. And Nick and I have used their products multiple times in the field this year and it's been very love, helpful love um, them. so tonight we do have special guests we have nick another nick on not the regular nick also known as the yeah. iowa bird chaser uh we're excited to have him on tonight he is on the mission to hit well dust we should say uh rooster in all 99 counties in iowa he just started it formally this year uh, I, I gotta say that i'm i'm a little jealous of your name yeah. i like it I will <laughs> oh, I like i mean why did like ring next retrievers is pretty catchy but i would bird chase you like great name i just yeah. come up with it uh you know honestly i was just talking uh with a few people on wanting to do this idea and I was just thinking, obviously, I'm out there chasing birds, and it's in Iowa. I definitely wanted to showcase Iowa in my name, and we'll probably get into that a little later. Um, but I'm out there chasing birds, and and I've always been a big bird hunter, so I think that's kind of why the bird chaser um, came together was just turkeys, pheasants, you know, anything with wings we've been going after since I was a kid. Never was really a big deer hunter growing up. I do a little bit of that now, of course, but yeah, we need to we need to stop right there. You got to tell everyone. So anybody that can't see it, if you're looking at our YouTube, he has a nice oh cut right between his eyes. You got to give the listeners tell them what you did. Speaking all of right. Time. So Friday, I was out with my buddy Trent. Uh, we do some late muzzleloading deer hunter usually every year. Um, it's just our time for the boys to get out away from his kids and get in the tent and bullshit like we are on here. <laughs> and uh, so we're sit we we walk about a mile in the across this cornfield uh it's about 12 inches of snow we got a lot of snow here so it was a pain getting in there we sit down there's a deer 20 well uh, probably 40 yards behind the tent doesn't even know we're there so we're like oh geez you know here we go <laughs> 30 minutes later deer meanders on in my buddy hasn't uh gotten a deer yet this year so he was ready to get lined up on one i was just there kind of secondary helping and, out and we saw it looks it. like you apparently haven't shot a gun all year <laughs> <laughs> seriously <laughs> oh man so he did so we get him lined up he's kind of taking a he's at a weird angle because he was basically looking out the back of the tent and this deer ends up what would what would be in front of us so he has to do a 180 while this thing's probably within 20 yards and he's kind of leaning takes a shot uh we think he hit it but basically what ended up happening is it went down in a ditch that was right behind it and ended up coming out of the ditch we were sitting there just watching this whole thing play out thinking it was hit at this point and he's like no it's walking away take a shot 
So I, I was basically kind of looking down over um, into my scope. I didn't have it. I didn't have a straight shot. I wasn't lined up kind of back on the butt like I should have. I was kind of hunched over it. We're both in this little doghouse blind and uh, this thing's walking away. And I just I got down there real tight and just shot it. And right when I shot you, you feel it right. When you hit, right when I shot, I'm like, <laughs> and I hate to say as embarrassing as it is, um, I like my channel. I try to always show the good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, I did this three years ago. The first time I ever shot a rifle with a scope, uh, I did this to myself. Now, I will say this year, uh, I got my scope kind of put on last minute. It's not positioned where I fully like it, but it is 100% my fault. I should have just paid better attention. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> but, funny. Uh, but yeah, I got ago, a GoPro video I'll put out, and I got blood just gushing down my face. A few, a few years ago, uh, we went to the shooting range in Hiawatha uh, when I lived up in Des Moines and I went with my brother-in-law who is an Apache helicopter pilot. So he has, you know, tons of experience shooting guns and we're in that indoor range. You got to wear goggles and everything. Yep. And, uh, we had guns with scopes on, we're shooting everything. And all of a sudden, like after 10 minutes, I look at him. He's like, keeps wiping his face. I go, are you bleeding? He goes, yeah, I got a little close to my face. And I'm like, I'm like, Dude, you're like, you shoot guns like every day. <laughs> like you say, I know I practice them all the time too. I don't know what the hell happened. So, I mean, it happens. Yeah. It happens to the best of us. Oh, yeah. That's funny. No, that was funny. When I saw that and you posted on your story. I was like, oh man, that shit, that had to hurt. It looked like it hurt. Best well, luckily is, your adrenaline's got, going. So, yeah, still, true. Still got the deer. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah. and so I will finish to say my, my buddy is a heck of a shot. He's a great shooter. And we ended up getting up to the deer and I was the only one that had a bullet hole in it. <laughs> so he, he missed it at 45 yards. It was walking away from him, but I got to give him a hard time about that. Yeah. So, so Nick, uh, <clears throat> give us a rundown of, you know, why you decided to, you know, your journey of completing all 99 counties in Iowa and kind of you know how your year's been and we'll just keep the conversation going from there yeah so i'll just kind of get started why why i got started on this is i've lived in iowa my whole life and uh i moved away to chicago for a few years when i was younger I actually managed a band out there we were on the band's warp tour in 2006 um so something completely different than up the upland world but i was always a lifelong hunter and was very passionate about iowa so uh, that kind of didn't pan out and i came back home and I just, I wanted to do something to showcase the state. I had been um, hunting pheasants my whole life. I've shot plenty of pheasants, you know. I was ready, I'm at a point in my hunting career where I wanted more of a challenge and a, and a way to take it to the next level, so to speak. And I also, for the first time in my life, uh, got my own bird dog. We always had bird dogs growing up, but dad always trained them. We had Britneys and German short hairs, mainly German short hairs. And then um, four years ago, my dad got uh, a griffin. I really like it loved it i mean uh, and fell in love with his dog and a year later I ended up with my own so his uh his dog is the uncle to mine and uh so mine's three his is four and uh, we've been out there just kind of rolling along he hunts with me a lot of times but not all the times but kind of getting back into why i wanted to start the iowa bird chaser and go in this direction is i feel like iowa a lot of times gets the short end of the stick and what i mean by that is years ago if iowa you know some of the listeners know the history of iowa um, we rivaled South Dakota for bird numbers. And at one time, I believe we were higher uh, than South Dakota for birds harvested. I mean, we're talking years, years, years ago, but there's still great hunting in Iowa to be had. 
We are one of the largest um, privately owned ground states in the nation. So that makes it very hard for hunters that are trying to hunt public land exclusively to find places to hunt. But luckily like Onyx Maps and a few other resources, the Iowa DNR map have been great tools for us hunters uh, to find different resources. But uh, I just really wanted to showcase the state and what we had and just kind of show people that, hey, you know, we're not just this flyover state. We have beautiful country. If you've ever been up to the Decorah area, I mean, there's oh, yeah. Can't beat I'm, it up there. I'm from Guttenberg, Iowa. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, people think Iowa's flat. Iowa's not flat. Sorry, Nebraska, but you guys are a little flatter. <laughs> and then yeah. you get over to like the Lust Hills area on the western yep. side of the state. And yep. I just saw that for the first time this summer with my wife and wow, you want to talk about incredible and landscape I didn't even think, you know, existed here in this state. And, you know, I've seen the beautiful bluffs in northwest Iowa, but we hunted over there right before our trip to South Dakota, not in the West Hills, but we were were right just north. Yeah. Yeah, that was it is. It's it's amazing what Mm -hmm. Iowa has offered just from one side of the state to the other side of the state. You know, it it varies so much. um, Let's go back to your Griffin. So Nick and I, obviously, we hunt with labs and uh, golden retrievers. Never hunted over a griffin before. We've Honestly, I've seen a lot more people. Um, and maybe just because we're being more and, active. And, in the, and Tyler knows I've been obsessed with the griffin for about yeah. the last three years now. And my cousin, he's talked about it, too, you know. And it does seem like they're becoming a bit more popular. Can you, you know, give us a rundown of, you know, why you like the griffin? Obviously, your dad had it first, you know. Um but what drew you to liking that dog so much to get one of your own and kind of like the little training process that you've gone through? So for the, from start, the dog's just personality. They're just super laid back. Um, you know, they got the beards and stuff, the male and females are, you see them sitting on the couch and sometimes are in the side of the, you look over and they're riding in the front seat with you. And it's like, I don't know, they just look like a human. Uh, they just have such these human like characteristics, but just they're great with kids, great with families. And I know a lot of dogs out there are driven to please you as the owner, but I mean, these dogs know how to manipulate is a great word to use it because they'll give you the eyes and they know how to work your emotions. Um, they're just, I just feel a lot more connected to a griffin than I have with short hairs and things like that. And I love short hairs. I, I go back and forth. It's like, man, do I add a short hair back to the mix? We're thinking about getting another dog here in another year, or do we do another griffin? And sometimes I wish the griffin had a little more of that. Um, yeah. I don't want to say energy, but with the griffins, they're just a slower, more methodical hunter. Uh, so they really take their time. I've never grouse hunted. I would love to grouse hunt, but I've heard they would probably be a phenomenal grouse dog because they're just very slow. They take their time. They think. You know, uh, Nick, um, you you just talking about griffins being a, a pleasing dog. And then, you know, and, and I haven't owned a griffin. I haven't owned a German short hair. This is all just talk and speculation. Um, but I, I, I talked with a, a trainer um, that I know very well and a mentor of mine for training dogs you know, and then talking about the, the German short hair, he had a good analogy for me for dogs like the Griffin and like the, the retrievers, the labs and the goldens. Um, he said, you know, one thing that I learned that he learned coming along and training so many labs, uh, cause that's what he primarily trained and then hunting over a lot of uh, German short hairs is he said labs. And, and obviously your Griffin is a dog. That's, I would call a, a wee dog. So it wants to please you and everybody in the group. So it's, it's we, where sometimes those higher energy dogs, and I'm not saying this is all, you know, I'm, I'm going to get chapped ass from everybody here for saying this, but 
you know, GSPs and some of those other dogs are more of me dogs and they don't necessarily want to listen to you as much because they're like, oh, I got to get this bird. And they just, they're out there. And, and, and some, some people really like that hunting. But for me, I'm more of the growing up and listening to him and understanding what he means. I totally understand the, the me dog concept. My dog, when I give him a command, he wants to listen to me. He wants to please me. He wants to find that bird. He wants to bring it to me instead of just getting way the hell out there, not knowing where the fuck we're at, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I would hundred percent agree with that. And you know, that's the biggest thing is I, when I'm hunting, especially doing this thing is this is a journey with me and my dog. We're out there and I want this to be a partnership. I don't want that dog to have that greed and just be out there, chase, chase, chase. Um, so it's, it's been an awesome relationship building with this dog. She's only in her second true hunting season. So she's still learning a lot. She's a very young dog, but man, she's coming a long ways. Nice. So what did you originally do to get her to understand like, Hey, I want to get pheasants. Did you get pheasant scent? Did you get wings? Did you buy pheasants? What was your mentality getting her up to speed? And then secondly, she, she's points, correct? Yeah. She's a pointing yeah. dog. So yep. first and foremost, I didn't grow up. We didn't grow up with any formal training. Dad kind of got our dogs to a point where if they found the birds and the bird, we shot it and it went down that, that was all he wanted. And that was, that was great. It was awesome. Got, got us me involved in birds, but when I got my own, I wanted to take it to that next level. So for me, I got involved with Illawa NAVDA, the Illinois and Iowa Eastern side of the state here, the NAVDA group, and I'm still involved with them. Um, they helped me get that dog to where I needed to be, you know, as far as a puppy go and what to start with. So what I started with uh, was just dead birds and wings, like a lot of people do. Yep. And the biggest thing is I always kept it fun and always encouraged her always end on a good note. I mean, I don't want to sound repetitive because a lot of people always say that kind of stuff, but that was the biggest thing is just don't put any, I didn't put any pressure on that dog for probably the first year. It was just all about every time we were around scent or birds or feathers or anything like that, we were just having a good time. Um, and that kind of got it spiraling in, in the right direction. And of course with NAVDA, they really help you take it to that next level with tracking and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Nice. So, uh, so how many counties did you guys, uh, how many counties have you guys covered this year? So I have harvested in seven counties. I've hunted it and hunted in probably 12, I would say. I'm taking off uh, 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. We're going to hit Sarah Gordo, Hancock, Winnebago, try to knock those three out here. Dang. Season's open until Sunday. So that's right. I got a few days off work. Uh, I have yeah, been I mean, busting my I mean, tail you must, you must have like 30 days PTO. <laughs> <laughs> so I am self-employed. Uh, I am have a home inspection business here locally with a partner and uh so i am able to you know float my schedule around when i'd like to hunt and of course this year it does slow down a little bit for us uh spring yeah. and summer we're going balls to the wall so it i'm kind of lucky that uh it does slow down this time of year but then of course between the holidays and being self-employed and having an awesome business partner that helps me out when i'm gone um i'm able to take advantage of that that's nice. awesome so what uh don't need a couple employees, do you? We're looking for some time <laughs> off in the wintertime. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, what what seven counties have you have you bagged the birds in? So Lynn, Benton, Delaware, Tama, Webster, and Calhoun. I've missed birds in Pocahontas, <laughs> Johnson, Keokuk, uh, and one more right next to Pocahontas County. I can't remember off the top of my head. So nice. four or five. I will, yeah. I, I'm going to release some GoPro videos here later after the season ends and I have some time to work on those. But for a big chunk of this season, I was hunting with an older uh, Wingmaster 870 with a 30 inch barrel with a fixed <laughs> fold choke. 
Dang, so I mean, that's a big barrel. when you're hunting behind a pointing dog, you're shooting birds usually pretty close. So I was missing a lot early in the season just because I was because of the gun that I had, and that's just what that's just my bird hunting gun. I didn't have anything else, but I have recently invested in a Franchi, Franchi, however you pronounce it, Affinity Three uh, nice. semi-auto that I really like. Um, so yeah. I'm transitioning into that right now and hitting a little better with that. That's nice. good. Nice. Did you get a 12 gauge or a 20 gauge? 12 gauge on that 28 inch uh, barrel. Nice. Yeah, you know, we bought, and if you've ever listened to any of our podcasts, Tyler and I both bought uh, Winchester SX4s, 20 gauges with the 20s. Yeah, I've heard barrel. you guys talk about those. And man, this thing shoots so nice. Like, it's so nice shooting. I, neither one of us could hit shit with it. And I, <laughs> I, I, I like to, I like to kind of brag and say that I'm a pretty good shot. Like, I don't miss too often, but man, I could. I mean, I went out to a field last year, and Diesel, he's a, I wouldn't say he's not a true pointing lab. He's more like a flash pointing lab, but he'll point, hold it for 10, 15 seconds, and then he busts in, you know? So yeah. When you start, when you see him do that, you hurry up and get up there. Well, he did that. Bird got up, I mean, 10 feet from me, missed it. Went another, I don't know, 30 yards. He pointed again, got up 10, 15 feet, missed that one. Then went again, missed that one. Then I was like, basically screw this gun threw it in my truck pulled out my 12 gauge because i brought that with then i went to uh, uh a different field to kicked up quail and i shot three three right there right in the spot retrieved all three of them i was like i'm going home <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i, can, I, can, I, can, note. I, I can hit i can hit you know i can hit this little bird with my 12 gauge but you know this big bird with my 20 i couldn't even touch so i don't know it's crazy so what uh what's been your kind of your biggest struggle that you've faced this year in the counties that you've that you've touched and even and then what's been your ways to success i guess so my biggest the where i've struggled the most i'll be honest is just myself and between my two own ears um we i was sitting down at dinner here recently with my wife and we were just talking a little bit about my journey so far and I was just talking to her kind of about how humbled, you know, just some people following along. And I, I didn't, I didn't think anybody would be interested in this. I just wanted to document it somewhere. And so it was, so it was archived. And um, I said, you know, the biggest thing for me is just when you go, when you're going to all these different counties, trying to figure it out, you've never been there before. You've never seen some of this habitat. I, I was putting so much pressure on myself to mm -hmm. get this, to get working and off on the right foot on this goal and she said, you know, I've, I've never seen you. I, I've worked very hard in different business assets and things that I've worked on throughout my life. And she's like, I've just never seen you so committed and so determined to do something. And um, she said, I, I've just, you've put so much pressure on yourself. And I just took a step back and started thinking. I was like, you know, a lot of the through, a lot of the season, I put a lot of pressure on myself, a lot of pressure on my dog that just wasn't needed. This is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be me out there chasing this journey. But at the same time, 99 counties is a lot and it's going to take some time. And yep. I, I just kept thinking, you know, I, I got to, as the mindset has to be, you got to keep trudging along. But um, I just, I'm thinking, man, I got to get 20 in this first year. Well, you got to reel, reel it back in here realistically and say, you know, between work and not working and trying to go into counties you've never even seen. Yep. Okay. Maybe 10 is a more realistic goal or things like that. Yeah, so, you know, it's interesting that you, you brought that up on, on pushing and hunting Tyler and I, God, was it yesterday? Maybe we were talking, we literally were talking about um, how every weekend or every waking moment we feel like we need to get out. And it's been harder for me recently just because we had our second daughter and, you know, my wife just had a C-section. So really trying to plan things and when I yep. can get out, when I can do things, but it is, it's almost like as a hunter, 
you only have that that short span and even if you don't feel like going you know you should go because <laughs> there's only this short span right yeah so you almost you almost kill yourself uh just trying to get out there and, and you know you run your dog to there and i mean my dog's fine now i had a broken toenail but it, you just run them and run them and push them um yeah and it's just kind of crazy like that mindset that i think Obviously, it's not just Tyler and I. It's 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 clearly all hunters. I think yeah, are dedicated to the upland game. Like, hey, we need to get out there. We need to push. We need to get these birds. Yeah. When I wake up at four a.m. some days, yeah, it's not fun <laughs> at all. But no. Three hours later, once you get out, your gun's loaded, and you hit that field. You've had that cup of coffee. It's oh man, it's worth it. Yeah. Have you tracked the miles? Not walking miles. I'm sure you put on a shit ton of walking miles. But have you tracked the miles that you put on just driving? Because I'm sure you you know, you select a county and you're like, you look at the Onyx map or the DNR map and you're like, well, this, this public ground looks, you know, I'm going to look at this one and then you get there, you're like, uh, it's not good. Or there's other hunters there. So you got to drive somewhere else. Have you tracked the the mileage that you've put on this year? Or could you, I mean, think of how many miles you've seen on the road? You know, I haven't, I haven't tracked the miles. If I had to guess probably close to, uh, I don't know, 3000, if I'd had to say, I mean, the one trip I went on where I hit Webster, Sack, and Calhoun County. Oh, that's um, way out there. That was about a thousand right there on that whole trip, round trip between all that. Um, and I'm out of the Cedar Rapids area, so it was about yep. a two and a half hour drive. And then I did get out there where I drove 45 minutes one way. Beautiful looking field. I had actually scouted that this summer when I was camping out that way. Um, two guys from Indiana were were sitting there in the parking lot just getting out with their dogs and you know, I know some people say, well, well, why didn't you ask to join them? And I just, I have a, I have a lot of respect for hunters that respect me when I'm in the field. And if I'm out there doing my thing, uh, I don't want to kind of impose on other people, especially Indiana, Ohio, you're coming from far away. Man, I'm going to give you your space. You're, you're hitting on everything tonight. Yes. So God, son of a bitch. <laughs> well, maybe we'll need to do uh, a first two. <laughs> yeah. I, so uh, story about me, uh, got back home, uh, from having the baby and whatnot and so i had a week off there my wife's mom came down i'm like hey i'm gonna go out hunting got yeah. to the spot 30 minutes early no spot. tyler and i actually hunted there haven't been back since so i'm like i'm gonna go check it out get up there nobody there five minutes before shooting lights a car yep. pulls in 50 yards down into a different plot and i'm thinking what in the hell are you doing so I immediately get out, put my vest on, get my dog out, and I have my gun loaded. Yeah, like, you start hauling ass. Yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm it, like, right? no, this is this is my field. I've been here, yep. you know, and I just think there's a there's a hunter respect to, uh, or, or you know, kind of like a hunter handbook. You know? yeah. yeah, you just know. Anyway, I start walking in like I'm like, you know what? It shouldn't say this, but you know, a couple minutes early, I'm like, fuck it, I'm getting in there. <laughs> so yep. I walk in, so these guys don't you know don't get in there. And I'll be damned if they didn't follow me on the other side, about 50 yards across from me all the way down. And I'm like, what in the hell? So then I go down, I circle and actually we kicked up a ton of hens. Um, and we came back around diesel point on a rooster and up getting that rooster. And I come back out and these guys, diesel starting to work towards them. And he's sitting birds. I mean, there's a ton of birds in this field. I have to call them back. So we didn't run in these guys. Well, little behold, I look over and these guys kick up like three birds right in front of them that I saw. And I was like, ah, oh, man. And I don't know if they were hens or not. They're pretty far out. But either way, didn't shoot. Walk up and I get up there and another guy's walking straight at me. And I was like, what, what are you guys doing? Like, 
have some appreciation for the people that are here and are yeah. early and not just showing up on a, a, a whim and just get out. Like I was, I was pissed. <laughs> I was like, God. And, and I don't know where that comes from. I, I mean, I, my dad, when we went hunting, he was very strict about gun muzzle control. Oh, yeah. And you ask for permission. You never walk into private property without yep. asking a farmer. And if they don't answer the door, you move on. Even if you've hunted there before, they didn't answer that door today. You move on. They don't know you're there. You don't own that ground. In the public side of it, I don't understand where it comes from if they just, they don't know another place to go. I've ran into that some places where I'm in a field that's, it's pretty limited, but I've also ran into that here in Johnson County. There's thousands of public acres to pheasant hunt. And I've been that guy, just like you, Nick, you pull in 30 minutes early, 7.55, pickup truck pulls in, guy lets his dogs out and he's coming in right behind you or at the opposite end. And you're thinking- Whoa. 150 acres isn't that big when there's well, two of you. I'm not even sure. Three hours there. I'm not even sure. This guy would have looked like you and Tyler. He had a. He probably had a mark in the middle of his face and he missed bird. He had a. He, all they had was orange hats on. That's it. Black everywhere else. That's it. That's all they're wearing on top of them. Yeah. And he's driving a, a fucking BMW. I'm like, oh, geez. Like, I had a lady walking on pull me. in with that. <laughs> I had a lady walking on me this year, Johnson County. I think she's coming up a yuppie from Iowa City, walking her dogs. I'm thinking there's dog parks for this. Yeah. And when she saw me coming, she grabbed her dogs quick. And I'm like, well, first of all, I'm not deer hunting, and I'm not going to shoot your dog. I'm not that. Dumb. It's not flying, so I'm not going to shoot at it. <laughs> but I'm just thinking, what are you doing coming out on public ground? I get we all own it, and we all have access to it. But just be knowledgeable and be safe and make smart decisions is is all. I'm and that's all that. that's all i'm asking too like you know if yep. you're there first i'm gonna drive right on by i'm not absolutely gonna that field. Yep. i'm not There's gonna plenty hunt of ground for all of us and i used to be one of these guys that didn't think there was plenty of ground and you know i never walked in on people and i'm thinking man i got my few pri private places i know and that's that's all i can do but through technology that's evolved rapidly over the years are you no. hunting mainly public or may or private or are you both asking so i'm 95 percent um public now that I'm doing this, I've mainly growing up, we hunted a lot around Tama and it was just door knocking on old farmers um, houses and finding a lot of ground. I will say that was back in the late nineties, early two thousands. And a lot of, a lot of that ground has been tilled up now in their farm and fence road of Fentro, which is unfortunate yeah. to see. Yeah. But That is a, that is a bummer. And I, I saw you post something today about how Iowa signed in that the CRP yeah, so for the next 30 days, Iowans can enroll into the new CRP program um, yeah. that has been approved. Yeah, so, so hopefully that helps. You can look into that. No What's that? I, I haven't seen anything about this. What's that consist of? Uh, I believe the – I don't know how many acres it is, but uh, basically they opened it up to farmers to enroll into CRP again. I know it was closed for a while, yeah. so it is a pretty competitive rate um that they can get enrolled in. I don't know if it's for 5, 10, 15 years with the yeah, statues on that, but – um uh, man it's a it's a pretty good program yeah oh, nice. hopefully that helps bring some you know stop the fence row to fence row farming and bring some yeah. of that you know waterway you know acres back that you know people growing up that's what we hunt, would hunt those grassy waterways in the middle of cornfields and they held a lot of birds a yeah. ton of birds. and farmers have just tiled right over that and figured out they can make money off that little bit and you yeah. would not people look at that driving by and think man that little strip is nothing well, from the east side to the west side of the state, farmers start doing that. That's thousands yeah. and thousands of acres we're losing. Yes. It yep. does add up to a lot of land. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, you, you hear the stories. My uncle told me a story 
when he was younger. So obviously many years ago, he'd never hunted. He didn't hunt with a, or didn't have a dog and he'd walk out and he'd be able to step out his door. And he lived up in like Colesburg area. So North, Northeast Iowa, and he'd be able to walk miles, just miles straight, you know, knew the farmers had access, plenty of hunting ground. And he said, it was just, you know, there's birds everywhere. He he said he walked out of his house once, uh, walked, I think he said 45 minutes and shot three birds with, got into a field three roosters popped up three shots back home you know and just walked back yeah. home and yep. you know he said that's how it used to be there used to be that many birds and yeah. just the way farming's changed you know and but like i said hopefully this yeah, a lot of those machines now they don't leave they don't leave a kernel of corn on the ground they, oh, no, they get, and they're they're planting the rows so close together too you can't even yep. strategically walk it and hunt it but i will say this year traveling the state of iowa and seeing different grounds the um, United States Fish and Wildlife, the Iowa DNR, I have seen some incredible habitat this year. And I have walked into some fields this late season where I have seen 100 to 150 pheasants. But awesome. they're getting up 60 to 80 yards ahead of <laughs> us because so many people have hunted that field. Yep. And But I'm just sitting there, my jaw's dropping. And I'm like, this isn't stuff I've seen since I was a kid. And yep. so it's just encouraging to see. And I know last year having a mild winter really helped our numbers. But man, I know the state and the DNR is working really, really hard to get us back on a competitive level with the pheasants. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's coming back quite a bit. Um, even from the fields that we've hunt, well, we didn't have very good luck early on in the season in Iowa. It was recently, warm this year. Yeah, but recently yep. we've we've noticed a lot more uh, of birds around as well. And we, yep. we have a really good hunt coming up this weekend, so we're excited to uh, share that with you once that gets over with. And I would say 2009, 2010 is when Iowa probably hit its rock bottom for pheasant numbers. I mean, we were yep. we were about wiped off the map. Yeah. yeah. And so for 2020, we've just we've made leaps and bounds. Yep. yep. Well, it's, so, it's, it amazes me that all the people that on Instagram that we follow and social media – God, I always feel like there ain't gonna be any birds left. <laughs> I'm glad I'm the only one that feels that way. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I, went, man. I went for a three week period where I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. You could hold a pheasant and I wouldn't be able to hit the darn thing. <laughs> and you get on these Iowa Upland hunting and all these other channels, and these guys are posting tailgates filled with birds. And it's like, for one, yeah. leave me one. I just want one for yeah. that county. That's all I need, one. And two, I'm just like, oh my gosh, where are you finding them? You know, but, I think a, I think a lot of that one, it's a lot of boasting. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is there's a lot of pheasant farms out there in yep. Iowa. And I don't know that everybody's truthful. And, oh, yeah, great hunt. Look at all the And I think got. there's a lot of past season pictures floating <laughs> yeah. around. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know uh, I, I, I truly believe that. Um, you, know, you see these guys every day, every week, limit out today, limit it out again today, limit out again today. It's like we went Quick to South hour Dakota. hunt by my yeah. house. Yeah. yeah. We, went, we went to South Dakota and we saw – shit we saw over a thousand birds not even a joke and yeah, i believe you know, it we um we basically limited out one day out there and then we got a few birds and we've got a few birds in between here and there but it wasn't we're, we were in the mecca we were seeing loads of birds more than i've ever seen in iowa and we still weren't coming up with you know limits for four man four man limits or anything like that it's like i don't know <laughs> yeah I know exactly what you mean. My dad and I went to South Dakota last year and we saw the birds absolutely everywhere. 
Um, but we never got our, our limit in a day. And we, we were there later, later part of December, right before Christmas. So it had been beat up pretty good, but yeah, it's, I don't think guys are doing that every day. Like they try to make it seem. Yeah. Now. So Nick, you said we got what, five days left a season, six days, something like that. Yep. So you're taking three days, you said, right? Next three days. Uh, definitely Wednesday, Thursday. We'll see what we get into up there. If it's looking good, I'll probably stay till Friday. Yeah. What? Uh. So where are you where are you heading again? I think we barely briefly touched on that. Yeah. So Cerro Gordo, Hancock, and Winnebago County. So kind of up around the Forest City ish area. Yep. Nice. Do you have you? So, I mean, obviously, you know, you you see what's on the map on onyx or the dnr map do you get up there you know like super early one day and try to scout the areas or do you just kind of you know scout as you go or what's your what's your game plan when you go to these places that you've never been yeah so i a lot of times for me it's it's about just getting out there and so i will do a little pre-scouting i i've learned a lot this year and want to do a lot of off-season scouting this summer and stuff but um, I've always been a person that just kind of jumps up and goes. I just decided yesterday that I was going to take off and try to go hit these counties. And I just pulled the map up. First, what I did is I learned this in South Dakota last year because we made this mistake. We drove two and a half hours um, to a different area and we got there and it got hit by a snowstorm and we, we should have stayed where we were. We would have got birds. And so uh, I just Googled yesterday where what's the snow packed looking like in the state of Iowa? Where is there not a lot of snow? Because I was just down by Osceola. Uh, this past Sunday doing some quail and pheasant hunting in Ringgold County and yep. the snow had such a thick crust on it. We couldn't walk any public ground oh, we were hunting dude. all private and we did great, but it was all private ground. So I didn't count that towards my journey. Um, so I'm trying to get up to that area because it looks like snow isn't that uh, deep and it should be a little fluffier so I can try to sneak up on them a little more. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of the snow and the crunchiness, I went out on Saturday morning and it is, it, it sucks walking right now. It, like we were down uh, south of Keokuk. Um, so I don't know, an hour and a half south of Cedar yeah. Rapids, I think. And speak that ice on top of the snow, man, it was, you'd take one step and you'd not sink in. And then you'd take another step and Every you'd go step. up to your yeah. knees, you know. But the worst part is, is one, the birds can hear you coming from a mile because it's just crunch, crunch, crunch. And what I don't notice, and I don't know if you noticed it down there, but there were so many birds just out in the middle of open fields. Oh, and were, you couldn't get to them. in the middle of grain field, you know, yeah. 100, 120 yards out there, just scratching away, hanging out, gobbling, yeah. you know, 10 to 15 yeah. of them in a bunch. And then like the middle of the day at noon. Yep. Just, yep. Just you know, out there out. and it's like, holy crap. You know, and obviously I'd, I'd, you know, with that snowpack and the ice on top of it, they're probably starving you know, just trying to get through to the yeah. food, but, and I see, I mean, we saw a ton of birds, but none of them were in the grass that, you know, that we were at, which kind of sucks. So I'm Especially hoping with all the snow we got that, yeah, it's, it yeah. seems like they're hitting those ditches and open green fields. Yep. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, Nick said we got a pretty good hunt lined up this weekend. So hopefully we can yeah, get on them and go out a, with a bang. We yeah. got a, so the spot, um, I won't give I won't give locations because people probably wouldn't be happy about that. But uh, my sister's boyfriend, who I've been hunting with the last three years now, every time we go to the spot, um, and it's private ground, and he has permission. Um, but we see about a hundred birds every time. 
Um, first year we hunted it, we ended up, uh, him and I limited out two man limit in literally an hour and back to the truck, like outshot him back to the truck and we were done. And that's, that's wild birds. Um, next year, I think we got five off it and we had, I think we had four guys. <clears throat> so, I mean, it's, it's not a huge property. So once you kind of get into them, they start shooting, you know, so you yep, gotta, yep. you gotta get, so we got five off it and we don't, we, and some of those birds will circle back in. We don't keep hunting it. We hunt it once and then we get out. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to take every bird off there. Like you well, said. Well, keep it you know. for another day. You got all yeah. season and you have yeah. other opportunities. If you're yep. getting, if you're having a bad week or a couple of weeks, you know, you need some birds, get your spirits back up. Yeah. <laughs> get yeah. in. Yes. Yeah, so we got that spot. And then we got, uh, I think three or three or four other spots that are all private. Um, one's his buddy's friends where that's, basically what it is they uh they they grow their grass and all the crops around it for the birds um, and actually tyler we hunted we hunted there earlier this year it was really thick super oh, windy it was so windy there's a ton oh, of birds there but the dogs can track them down it was like 40 mile an hour wind it was, it was oh, terrible yeah. hunting conditions yeah terrible i could hunting conditions. probably see the dogs i honestly i couldn't even see the dogs most of the time we were hunting i mean it was the grass super thick hard to walk through but yeah. yeah, there was birds flying everywhere, but like yeah. I said, it was so windy. They were just super flighty that day and gone with the wind, I guess you could say. Yeah, <laughs> I it, like was, it. it was, it was crazy. Hopefully the snow, this snow should actually help us walk through it because yep. it'll have it packed down a little bit. Yes. Um, we have five guys going, um, and five dogs, four dogs, five dogs, that'll be so fun. five dogs. Dog so power. hopefully, uh, we'll have a lot of dog power and, as long as everybody's shooting straight um you yeah, know hopefully we have a, a bang up uh, last day of the season yeah. well yeah i look forward to you guys posting about that that should be a good time especially to end out the rest of the year yeah so nick you said uh you're gonna start a, have you started a youtube channel do you have uh videos out there already or you're planning on uh doing yeah so YouTube? i i guess just real quick i kind of wanted we got a little side rail i just wanted to finish because you asked me how I scout ground oh, yep. once I yep. get there. So yep, I sure. just wanted to, I definitely look by this time of year, I look to see if there's snow, but uh, I do my first day up there. I'll try to get out and start being looking at fields that I've, I'll pin down three or four, try to get out there between seven, seven forty-five, and get to the, what I think is the best one. Now in my mind, I already have what I think is the best one based on um, what I'm seeing on the map. I'm kind of weird. I really like looking at Google Maps, bird's eye view. Like I'll, oh, I'll watch yeah. a documentary about uh, a concentration camp, let's say, and then I'll go and I'll get on Google Maps and just start looking at it and figuring out what different buildings are. And that's transitioned huge into hunting and finding things and learning what habitat looks like from an aerial view. Um, so, but if somebody's there, then I'll have a plan B and C to move into the other fields um, and, and attack it that way. Have, but, have you, uh, so if on your desktop your laptop or whatever so onyx maps now has a 3d view have you have you played around with that at all like compared to google maps to onyx if someone was you know going to compare both from which one may be better for seeing because what i've noticed on onyx that i find hard is you look at a plot but you can't tell like what is the grass like exactly is it grass is it you know what is actually all there it's it's hard to tell um but i know i used a 3d version a couple of times this year and it i don't know i thought it was all right but it also it still doesn't give you a, a great picture and i didn't i've never yeah. thought of using google maps i've 
So I actually use Google Maps for I use Google Maps for everything, and that's actually where all my pins are is on Google Maps. Oh, nice! Uh, if I need to share a pin with friends, I I will do that through Onyx, but I just use Onyx to mark where I've harvested animals, okay. and that that way I can just keep it separate. But I I have found that the Google aerial view is just a lot better, and I don't know if that's because they have superior satellites compared to Onyx. Yeah. Google's obviously a huge company, um, but I've just I found that Google works a lot better when you're trying to find that that land. But Onyx is definitely where I start and the Iowa DNR map to locate the places. And then I, what I do is it, Onyx makes it super easy to copy the longitude and latitude link over into Google Maps, and oh, it brings you yeah. right into where you need to go. And then boom, I also have GPS to get to that land God, uh, once I'm ready to hunt. I don't so, know why we haven't thought trial of that. Trial and error, trial and error. <laughs> Goodness, listeners, you need, to take, you need to take that note. That's actually a really good idea. I'm, I'm not very tech savvy, so yeah. Yeah, Nick's not. <laughs> And Google Maps is super easy. You just hold that once you find your location, you just hold down and it brings up a little dot and then you just click label or save it and you can mark it with a star or a little yellow thing or whatever you want. They have a nice. couple options. That's pretty And awesome. that makes it super so that makes it really easy for me, especially if there's a couple people at hunting places. I can just click that next label I have and it's GPS me to that next spot already. Nice. And I'm I'm being very effective with my time, especially when you travel six hundred miles. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. That does make so, sense. Are you so now that you got this goal in your hands? Um, are you planning to go to South Dakota or anywhere else? Or are you staying in Iowa now next year? So, season? so I think I'm staying in Iowa and I'm up to doing a little hosting. You know, if anybody wants to come to Iowa and check out bird hunting, I mean, I only got so much time, but um, you know, definitely I'm always trying to pitch to pheasants forever. <laughs> you hosted you hosted a party for beer drinking prior the night uh, before. You know, word after word after for that. that. You gotta come down here. We can talk down. some. We gotta come down here. We can talk some bird hunting. I'll tell Nick to come down. The hotel gets boring after five once uh, you've had dinner and the dogs are have eaten and you're just waiting for the next morning. Yeah. Not with us. They don't. They don't get bored with us. <laughs> I like it. So, so back to the the YouTube. Have you? Do you got a YouTube channel started? So I or started you... a YouTube channel. There's nothing on it currently. Uh, so what, it's not what, started. What's it called? Yeah, it's so not it's not start. start. You're right. It's <laughs> Iowa Bird. I just, I just wanted to get the handle locked down before someone took it. Uh, so it's just Iowa Bird Chaser YouTube. I, I recorded a bunch of vest review videos earlier this year, and the, the audio was god-awful. So I'm going to remake those this offseason because I have I have a Filson vest. I hunt with the Hunt Ready vest like you guys do. Yeah. Um, I have a variety of vests and a lot of that and a ton of just other gear that I honestly I've just I've spent and wasted money on because – there's not a lot of good reviews out there and people you read it in a magazine. This is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, yep. where's the honest review of a hunter walking the field using these tools and are they good or they're bad? Yep. Marketing is great and marketing does wonders and it's sold me a few times on some items, but I want to see the reviews after it's been, you know, battle tested. Yeah. You know, and, and that, it, that brings us, you know, not to circle back and, and whatnot but that's why we uh we like gun dog outdoors so much they actually let us try their stuff um so we can give you an honest review and tyler and i are that's honest awesome. that's that's our whole thing i am going to be honest to a fault i don't care you know you can think good bad the ugly you can think what you want but i'm going to tell you what i think <laughs> yeah their water bottles look really slick i need to get oh, my shoot, hands on yeah. one of those you need to so they're coming out actually with orange covers instead of the tan Black. okay uh, so yep. If you wanted to wait till then, you know, I yeah, don't know when they're slick launching. On the ready vest. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. It's got, does that have the molly webbing on it? It looks yep. like so. Yeah, uh, it has buttons, or actually buttons, and so that brings me to the 
what's what's your thoughts on the hunt ready vest? You've had a year of wearing. So I've had a season. Of, I've had a season of wearing it, and I'll, I'll give you my honest review. Um, I really like it. It fits super snug. I like that about it. Yeah. Prior to that, I had the burden light vest, which I really really enjoyed. There's nothing yeah. wrong with it. I was just ready to get something a little fancier. Yeah. I like to I like to always see what's new, and uh, so I really like it. But on my left side, I have the thinner square just zipper pouch yep. yeah, I, don't, I don't know it's maybe an inch wide and one thing i loved and i actually put in my original review that i had never posted was that zipper was so stiff that i could whip it open and close open and close and i was like this is awesome well now that i've hunted a season with it that thing is a pain to get closed especially if you're trying to zip it forward yep. um because the fabric's all loose now it's broken in uh so that's that's kind of been annoying but it it wouldn't hold me back from buying the best and the other issue that I have, which I did reach out uh, to the guys at Hunt Ready and talk to them about, and they are kind of looking into, is um, where the bird game bag comes up on the back. There's two stri little straps yep. that you can adjust before the backpack loop. And those would just come, when I said I would take the vest off and put it in my truck, I'd go to pick it up and throw it back on, and those would just come loose and become longer <laughs> again. Uh -huh. um, so he gave me a tip to kind of basically you can loop it through that stretchy, yeah. tab holder thing they have you can kind of loop it through there and hold it and so that's worked great for me now yeah. um so those two things wouldn't stop me from buying the vest i think it's a great vest they don't sponsor me or anything like that so yeah. i'm not not yeah, giving same. them kudos for any reason uh but i just met them at pheasant fest last year i tried the vest on and once they rolled it out i just i was eager nice. to get my hands on it and i've enjoyed it yeah i've so i've i've been using the hunt ready vest all year um and I like it. I like the way it fits. Uh, I haven't had any issues with it, but the thing that, that, so I have a law enforcement background. So like Molly to me was a huge thing. When I saw Molly was coming out, I was like, awesome. You know, you can put different attachments on it. You can put them where you want. You know, I was so happy to finally see that on a vest, but they're the Velcro Molly. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. I don't like how it's Velcro that you have, you know, the tabs on where you hook it to the vest is Velcro. So I've only used Molly that has the buttons. Um, so what I did recently is I actually purchased the Chief Upland vest because I was interested in it. Not going to use it. Um, I just like the way the Hunt Ready vest fits better. But I took the attachments from the Chief Upland vest and put them on the Hunt Ready vest because it's... I feel like his attachments are better built than the hunt ready ones. Are they button as opposed to Velcro? They're button. Yep. And I've hunted with it a few times. The buttons have never come undone. Um, they have the pouches, which I, I really like. Um, <clears throat> there's a waterproof, there's a waterproof like phone pouch that fits, you know, the iPhone in it um, or, you know, whatever you have. And then there's also a smaller ammo pouch that's waterproof and then like a larger one that you could use for an ammo pouch or use as whatever, but sure. the flap on them is magnetic. Ooh, so nice. it like, it snaps shut. Yeah. It's, it's a nice magnet. It doesn't f come flapping open. And so you don't, I have it, I literally have it zipped up on the sides to where the flap completely covers it, but I can flip that flap up and reach my hand in real quick to grab more shells after I shoot That's all. Slick. You know, um, so I, personally, I love the Hunt Ready vest, everything about the way it fits, but I hate the attachments. And I 
switch to the Chief Upland attachments for the hunt ready vest and I like it that much more. So Me, that's going to be. I just use the regular old uh, Tyson's vest. I haven't, uh, I haven't invested <laughs> in anything yet this year. Yeah. So I like it, Nick. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to email or talk to hunt ready and see what they have ever thought about doing the buttons instead of the Velcro. I don't know if yeah, you had. Talk to Heath. He's great. He's yeah. super responsive over there. Um, I, I will say I just switched my two water bottle. I have a big one and a small one and yep. I just switched what sides they're on. Yeah. And it took some time to get those Velcros off, but I will yeah. tell you, I can walk through anything and they're not going to fall off. Without yeah. throwing those Velcros are always yeah, I mean, the Velcro is nice, but it was but kind of a I pain. Just, yeah. To I don't like it, trying to get it on, on or, you know, stuff like that. And yeah. But yeah. And I this mean, is my first product with Molly webbing. I I'm not that familiar with it. I have seen the button stuff, but yeah, yeah I'm not that knowledgeable with it. Yeah, that's all I've ever used. So I was very surprised when I bought it and it wasn't, you know. Have you guys heard anything of the uh, Orvis vest? I heard that the Orvis one's pretty good too. I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about it other than. You know, out of all the vests that have come on the market, you know, recently, I have not heard a lot about the Orvis, which is yeah. surprising being a larger company. Yeah. You know, you hear about the Wingworks and, you know, Q5 and all those yeah. guys, but. So, so what's uh season's coming to an end? Obviously, off season's coming for the Iowa bird chaser and all of us. What uh, what's your plans for the off season? How are you going to get geared up for next season? What can what can we expect? Obviously, we're following you on Instagram. Uh, we haven't said that. Everybody's still listening. Make sure you follow him on Instagram at Iowa Bird Chaser. What can you know? Everybody wants to see the story. You know that's why they follow you. What what can we expect in the off season to see from you? And how can we you know what are we going to see getting geared up for next season? So the biggest thing I think that I'll probably just try to showcase is, you know, of course, we're always going to be training. Um, I live in town. I'm in Cedar Rapids. Uh, so there's always the battles of how do you train a gun dog and have a bird dog when you live in a city? Yeah. Uh, if you, people aren't familiar with Cedar Rapids, we're about 150,000 people. So not terribly big, but a little larger. And, you know, I don't have ground right out my back door that I can train. Uh, I do have some pigeons that I keep on hand uh, that I can train with that I take out to public ground. Just keep uh, those so, in your garage then or? Uh, you know, I got a little secret spot for him tucked to tucked aside to keep him warm. Um, but uh, so I think I'm just going to be, you know, showcasing a lot of, uh, you know, kind of the off season training. Of course, there's not going to be happening in the next few months when it's slow, but try to yeah. keep things going with the YouTube. That's why I would have been waiting to release some of my YouTube videos is I just wanted to give some content to people. Once the off season came, everybody posts stuff, you know, a week after they hunt or those kind of things. So. What are your thoughts on, so season ends January 10th. Um, <laughs> preserves or pheasant farms whatever you want to yep. call them don't close till march 30th or 31st whatever it is um do you ever do that um with with your dog just to keep yourself sharp and keep your dog sharp that's a great question nick i'm glad you brought that up um i will give a shameless little plug to legacy acres over by williamsburg i am a member there have been a member nice. there for quite some time they used to be safari iowa uh, yep. kurt Kurt Ritchie uh, does a phenomenal job over there. Austin Blythe, they have bought it and just, they've put up a new lodge this year. That is phenomenal. If you, if you have not been over to legacy acres, you need to get over there one for a hunt. They got some great land and two, they put up a lodge and inside of this lodge is a um, taxidermy collection from one of the guys that started guns and ammo magazine. He was, oh, wow. if I, if I recall the story, right, he was friends with Austin's grandfather. And when he died, the kids didn't want the taxidermy. So they purchased it and they put this taxidermy in this, in this lodge. We're talking water, oh. Buffalo, cheetah, giraffes, Dang. porcupine, 
it is a lifetime in thousands and thousands of dollars worth of hunting all this <laughs> there's probably 45 50 taxidermied animals and it is it is a sight to see um and then they just they put on a great you know they'll cook for you and and do the whole shebang so i do do that we do that in the preseason to get geared up on uh summer we do a lot of pigeon work and then postseason you will see me and my dad out there doing some game farm hunting um just keeping the birds the dogs sharp and uh yep. extending the season i mean like you guys we all love bird hunting and it's sad when it comes to an end january 10th and this is the way we can go to march 31st yep yeah you yep. know we uh we go to a place down usually down here by des moines that we really like it's called uh worth woods hunting preserve okay um it's a f- small small business mm-hmm. not many people know about it um, it's not by Prairiesburg, is it north of uh, it, by ames uh, yeah right okay okay Yep. by ames past ames story city okay um so he and his family and his it's his daughter and him basically do all the work so not a lot of people know about it i mean they do have a website and stuff but you wouldn't know about it unless you like searched this online so we actually we really like supporting him and going there and um fair price on birds usually we get what, i think five birds for 100 bucks um and, and his birds fly well They're, they fly very well um and then this off season um i have a good relationship with him i used to guide for him actually with diesel um and then he will let us come out and buy like quail this off season and we'll be able to pl- we have to plant them ourselves and all that stuff ourselves yeah yeah we'll yep. be able to do that on his land um I've done so a little worth, bit of that legacy worth, that's nice worth woods hunting that's preserve nice. check it out um you know maybe we'll have to all grab a hunt sometime uh when it works yeah, that'd be uh, awesome. So, well, Nick, we appreciate you having having you on and you coming on and talking about your your journey to the ninety nine counties. Um, obviously, I think you're doing a great job. You know, yeah, it's man. you're there's a lot of battles that you have to face to, you know, get birds in all the counties and the bird numbers and you know just there's a lot of factors that go into probably it, had so. a probably had a foul uh, concussion protocol after that deer <laughs> shooting. <laughs> yeah when you got to sit out for days i mean that's, that's yeah. losing birds. yeah so we applaud you on that for taking the journey uh we're excited to keep following you and see how you know you finish out this year and how next year goes um but again thank you for coming on yeah keep in touch man we'll uh yeah absolutely we'll do this again I appreciate you guys, you know, following along and, you know, all the nice words and everything. Honestly, when I started this last year, I had no idea where this was going to go. I was talking to Anthony with Fetching Feathers up at Pheasant Fest and was telling him about it. He's like, well, you're going to document it, right? And I'm like, no, not really. I mean, other than taking a picture in the parking lot for my own record. And he's like, no, people are going to be interested in this story. Like, I want to be a part of this story. Like, this is getting me fired up. Yeah, um, we, we love Anthony. We had him on a podcast. I don't know if you listened yeah, to Yeah, I listened but, to that uh, one. That was good. In, yeah, in his 10 species, that's what kind of gave me the idea of this 99 counties. And other people are going after the 99 birds in Iowa, I, I yeah. am aware of. But I think they're shooting turkey, quail, pheasant, whatever. I'm trying to get, just do a pheasant in each county. But anyways, um, yeah, I just, I'm humbled. Couldn't believe I'm on a podcast. <laughs> we didn't think anybody's ever asked, but it's just been an awesome journey so far. I appreciate all the support. Definitely check out Ringnecks and Retrievers and, of course, the Flushman Dustin podcast. Yeah, you guys yeah. have some great content on here. And their uh, Instagram, their Ringnets and Retrievers is great as well. So, hey man, keep up, your, keep up your positive energy, too. That's, uh, that's, yeah, uh, that's, that's it's fun a good to thing. Watch. That's a fun thing to watch and uh, keeps us interested. So keep that up. Don't ever lose that. I appreciate that. And hopefully that's something that you guys can really see a lot more of in my YouTube videos. 
you know, when I'm hunting in groups, I'm not out there hooting and hollering and yelling, but when I'm by myself and I get these birds, you'll see on my Instagram story, if you follow me on Instagram, a lot of times on my story posts on there, I'm getting on there within 30 seconds to 60 seconds of harvesting that bird. So you're getting live. My heart's just, you know, pounding yep. out of my chest. And yep. sometimes I regret what I do on there. And other times <laughs> it's great, but that's, that's my journey is I don't ever want to become this channel where, you know, we're out there just posting content to post content. This is yep. my journey and follow along, whether you like it or not, this is what you're getting. So that's yeah, right. check out agree. the YouTube channel. I'm going to get that rolling here in the next couple of weeks, Iowa bird chaser. And of course, Instagram, Iowa bird chaser. And, I'll respond to anybody that reaches out. If anyone has questions or needs anything, just let me know. Awesome. Hey, man. Take care, Nick. We appreciate it. Iowa Bird Chaser. Love the name, Appreciate man. you guys. All Thank right. you so much. All right. Yeah, Have a good later. night. Take care. Thanks. Enjoy Bye. the rest of your season.